So just how far down do you want to go? Well, we could talk it out over a cup of joe And you could look deep into my eyes Like I was a supermodel
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have yet another classic episode to bring to you guys here on The Booch Cast. And this go-around, I decided to bring something from a very long time ago that was based on yet another Netflix show that I somehow got wrapped up into and started watching. And the moment I started watching it, I just couldn't stop and I was glued to it and that is of course the Netflix show What If and what attracted me to this show initially was A the fact that Renee Zellweger was in it and I'm a huge fan of Renee Zellweger I like a lot of her movies I think she's very very talented plus it was her in a more sexual way at least from what I saw in the trailer cause I've seen her in romantic comedies I've seen her in a few drama roles but I never really saw her being seductive and that kind of caught my attention. Plus, this seemed like a show that was going to have quite a lot of sex in it, and any show that has sex in it automatically has my attention. Even though some of the sex that was in this show, I did not particularly want to see, but I'll get into more of that when you listen to the review. So with that said, I'm going to take a short break here, and when I come back, we'll get into What If here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song Dangerous Game by Clergy featuring beginners. And this is the theme song to the Netflix show What If, starring Renee Zellweger, Jane Levy, Blake Jenner, Keith Powers, Samantha Marie Ware, Juan Castano, Dave Annabelle, Samir Usmani, Daniela Panita, John Clarence Stewart, and Louis Hertham. And this is uh, actually the reason that I gave the title uh, of this show, Welcome to the Game. Because if you've seen the promo for this on Netflix, uh, it shows Renee Zellweger walking through a party, talking about, you know, about sacrifice and, you know, risking it all to achieve the one dream or goal that you have and how much are you willing to sacrifice. And then it shows the pieces in place, which basically shows all the other actors in the movie, in the, in the show, in the miniseries, and how they all play a role. And then at the end of it, it shows her dropping a chess piece and then she says, welcome to the game. And it just sounds really, really cool. So I gave that title. Now, originally, when I planned to put this show out, I had planned to originally call this uh, show The Eye of the Ninja Storm. Because my original plan was to do the opening segment that I did uh, right there. And then I was going to review Power Rangers Ninja Storm. That was my original plan for this week's show. But um, before I recorded uh, this particular segment, those segments, these two segments, um, I was at Lowe's grabbing carts, uh, which is my favorite thing to do at Lowe's because it gives me the opportunity to uh, be by myself, alone with my thoughts, and it also allows me to decompress from the stress of dealing with the mouth breathers that I like to call them. Uh, we're supposed to call them customers. I call them the mouth breathers because... The people who shop at this at Lowe's and the, some of the customers I deal with, they are some of the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met in my goddamn life. And it's why I make so many uh, retail rants on the Boochcast. It's why I uh, tell so many retail jokes in my comedy act. And it's probably the one aspect of my comedy act where people get to see the frustrated angry side of me that most people find to be very, very funny. But while I was out there grabbing carts, I was basically uh, going over uh, the topics I wanted to talk about. And while I was talking about, you know, the... Uh, you know, the, the breakup between me and Lisa, at one point I found myself saying out loud, when you give somebody your trust, you give them the power to destroy you. Uh, and it, again, it wasn't necessarily directed at Lisa, but it was directed at uh, women in general and also directed at uh, other people in my life who I've given my trust to and uh, had it backfire on me. Now, I'm not saying that only women are distrustful. I just want to make that very clear. When I say that I'm referring to women in general, I'm not saying that only women are dishonest. I'm just basing it on my own life because I'm a straight, heterosexual male. So my romantic relationships are all with women. Now, I'm sure if there was a female on this show, she might tell me a story or two about some men who were dishonest. And I wouldn't judge her for that because I'm sure there are a lot of dishonest, disloyal men out there. 
You know, I'm sure there's some that would take your trust and destroy you. And I'm not saying that men haven't done that to me. They just haven't done it to me in a sexual way because I'm not sexually dating any men. I've had, although I have men that I consider friends and men that I have done business with that have not treated me the way that I should be treated, but that's neither here nor there. So when I came up with that whole, you know, trust, power to destroy you thing, I figured, you know what? I should talk about the Netflix show, What If? this week because I did watch it over the summer I did watch the show it came on it caught my interest and I wanted to see what it was all about so I figured out uh, since I have that on my mind and that's a very powerful message to put out there I will review what if this week and I will save Power Rangers Ninja Storm for a later date so that's what I'll do so at some point down the road there will be an episode of the Boochcast that will be called the eye of the Ninja Storm when that day comes, I will be reviewing Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Now, what topics will I be getting into at the time of that? I don't know. Uh, time will tell on that. And that was Clergy featuring the beginners with Dangerous Game here on the Boochcast. And on that note, I'm going to talk about the Netflix series What If... Um, obviously there's going to be spoilers here. There always are when I do reviews of stuff like this. I'm giving everything away. So if you're someone who plans on watching What If on Netflix, if you haven't already, then obviously you don't want to listen to this particular segment. You might want to fast forward to the Gator stuff and start having fun. But before you do, I should let you know one thing. You want to stick around for these spoilers. You want me to spoil this for you. Because the only good thing about this series is Renee Zellweger's acting. It's some of the best acting, if not the best acting, she has ever done. And Renee has been in a lot of great movies, and she's been a great actress in practically all of them. But this is her best work, in my opinion. Uh, what If is basically a neo-noir thriller, that's what they call it, you know, and it's like film noir, and it explores the ripple effects of what happens when acceptable people start doing unacceptable things. Each season will tackle a different mortality tale inspired by culturally consequential source material and the power of a single fateful decision to change the trajectory of an entire life. Now, this was just the first season. And, of course, there were 10 episodes and... It came out on May 24th, and I did eventually, obviously I didn't watch it at that point because I had so much going on at the time, but eventually I did get around to it, and basically, here's what goes down, okay? Jane Levy plays Lisa Donovan, a young entrepreneurial scientist who owns a company called Emogen, which is on the brink of a scientific breakthrough. However, Emogen needs venture capital to continue. Enter Zellweger's Anne Montgomery, a billionaire venture capitalist who offers Lisa and her company $80 million for one night alone with Lisa's husband, Sean, played by Blake Jenner. It sounds like the premise of the proposal with Zellweger in the Robert Redford role, but it's not quite that. Lisa and Sean sign a contract, stipulating that if Sean reveals what happens on their night alone together, Lisa has to give up the company to Anne. So what happens during Sean and Anne's night together? Well, nothing actually. They do not have sex. The experiment was not designed for Anne to sleep with a younger man. It was designed to create trust issues between Lisa and Sean so that they would eventually break up. Moreover, Anne not only gambled that Lisa and Sean would break up, but that Sean would reveal what happened on his night alone with Anne, and that Lisa would have to give her company up to Anne. 
The gamble works. Although Anne uses more than just the mystery of what she and Sean did on the night in question to break them up. She also orchestrates it so that Sean is arrested for a rage murder he had committed years ago to protect his ex-girlfriend Maddie. Anne brought the ex-junkie Maddie back into Sean's life and Sean did a lot of shady things behind Lisa's back to keep the murder he committed hidden, which created more trust issues with Lisa. Then Anne gave Maddie some drugs and she relapsed, overdosed, and died, which created so much guilt that Sean eventually confessed the murder to the police. Meanwhile, while he was out on bail and in full view of Anne, Sean got into a big fight with Lisa, and Sean revealed that he had not slept with Anne on the night in question, which triggered the clause in the contract giving Imogen to Anne. Anne took Lisa's company and sold it to Big Pharma for billions of dollars. So Anne wins, right? Not exactly. Because Lisa spilled her trade secrets, which made Imogen ultimately worthless, not that it mattered because Anne wasn't really in it for the money, she orchestrated the entire cruel scenario basically to teach Lisa a hard lesson about not trusting people. Why would she take such an interest in Lisa? Because as we learn late in the series, Anne is actually Lisa's biological mother. And Anne only wanted to blow up and destroy Lisa's life so that she'd learn how to be a better business person. Yeah, it kind of works too. Lisa does lose her company to Anne and Sean does go to prison. But there's also this whole ridiculous subplot about Anne and her old business partner played by Julian Sands and also Anne's own mother who is a cruel woman in her own right. Anne's mother is dying of cancer but Anne keeps her alive just long enough to witness Anne's plan come together. In the big finale, Anne's right hand man shoots and kills Anne's old business partner. But Anne's right-hand man is also killed in the shootout. Anne pulls the plug on her mother and then sets everything on fire while she's inside the apartment. We are briefly led to believe that Anne also dies in the fire. But in the series Coda, set a year in the future, we discover that Anne escaped and is living it up on a beach somewhere, thus allowing for the possibility of a second season. Meanwhile, after his prison stint, Sean reconciles with Lisa, who is once again a burgeoning medical superstar, who owes all of her success to the horrible trick that Anne pulled on her. There are also a couple of season-long storylines that, that are barely worth mention, but I'll do so anyway. Lisa's brother Marcos is having relationship problems of his own, owing largely to his own secret. He set the fire that killed Lisa's first adoptive parents. Once he reveals that to Lisa, he is unburdened from his past and gets married to his boyfriend Lionel. Marcos also helps Sean cut a deal for a shortened prison sentence. Marcos and Lionel's storyline is dumb, but Juan Castano and John Clarence Stewart, the actors who play them, are easily the most likable characters in the series. Another storyline, completely tacked on, involves Sean and Lisa's best friends, Todd and Angela, a married couple. Angela has an affair with a surgeon in her hospital, but she breaks it off after she gets pregnant. She and Todd reconcile, but the surgeon is a stalkery sociopath with a long history of abuse who ultimately abducts Angela and takes her out to a cabin in the middle of nowhere to basically be his sex slave. Todd tracks them down, and together, Todd and Angela kill the surgeon. The end. So yeah, this is uh basically sums up the entire series for you. I will say there's also a lot of crazy shit going on. Now, here on the Boochcast, one thing I love to do, in addition to entertaining and informing the audience, is pissing off the liberals. What I'm about to say might piss off the liberals. I'm hoping it will just get people to hear a rational side to what I'm about to say. But obviously, you know, uh, Marcos and Lionel, they're a gay couple, which is fine. I will say this, though. There was one awkward scene throughout the entire series that made me uncomfortable. 
and it was this. At one point, you know, uh, Marcos is in a club, and he meets this guy, who's like a bit of a table dancer, but is also gay, and kind of wants to hit on Marcos. And he does, but he wants to sleep with Marcos. But Marcos doesn't do anything because he's married. Well, Lionel, uh, you know, finds out about it. And him and Marcos decide, hey, let's have some fun with this dude. And Marcos is like, you you really want to do this? He said, the only way we don't do it is if we can't talk about it. And what that means is if they're going to be uncomfortable talking about it, then they won't do it. But if they're both on board, then it's cool. So they end up hooking up with the dancing dude, which basically becomes a three-way sex scene with three dudes, which obviously, if you're not prepared for it, can freak you out. Now, obviously, look, I don't have a problem with dudes having sex, okay? If you're gay and you want to have sex with another guy, go ahead. If you want to do all that crazy stuff, go ahead. So, in general, it's not an issue that I have. But, if you're gonna put that on a TV show, there needs to be a warning. And I'm sorry, but giving the show a TV MA rating is not a strong enough warning. There needs to be a warning, hey, gay sex is gonna happen. Give me the option to change the goddamn channel, if necessary. Or fast forward. Let me know that it, just warn me in advance that shit like that could happen. Or that if it's going to happen, that you're going to show things. Or just have the screen fade to black and then they do everything or whatever. But the point is, if you're going to make it that realistic, people need to know about it, in my opinion. Give some kind of courtesy warning. And here's why. Because dudes having sex with each other doesn't just make men uncomfortable. It makes women uncomfortable too. See, God, see the reason they have to do that for girl on girl is because nobody really gets grossed out by girl on girl. Nobody. Dudes, straight dudes, we love it. Girls, they don't really get grossed out by it. They can kind of watch it sit there. They're all calm with it. It's somehow, there's something about two girls hooking up that makes it not less disgusting. But dudes, everybody gets grossed out by it. See, a man can walk in on two women having sex and be like, hello. A woman can walk in on two dudes having sex, she's freaking the fuck out. So I just feel like, I'm not saying you can't have it in the show. I'm just saying, fucking warn somebody first. Give me a heads up. Let me know it's coming so I can fast forward past this thing and not have to watch it. Again, I don't hate it. I'm not against it. I just don't want to watch it. It's it's not for me, <laughs> okay? It's just not for me. It's not my lifestyle. If it's your lifestyle, cool. I'm fine with that. So that was really the only thing that made me uncomfortable with the whole Marcos Lionel storyline. Other than that, I loved it. It was played like a normal couple outside of that. And these guys just were incredible actors and very, very talented. And then, of course, the whole, you know, affair thing happening, that was crazy. And, of course, on top of that, the fact that Sean and, you know, Sean and Todd were actually training to be firefighters and, you know, the the ex-girlfriend was going to screw all that up. And, you know, the whole drama was just insane. It was a weird storyline. Some parts of it made no sense. And it was just boring. It really was. Like, I found myself falling asleep during this show. If you put me to sleep and I'm not trying to go to sleep, then what you're putting on TV is garbage. If I if I can't stay awake for it. Cuz if I'm dedicated to something, I can stay awake for a long fucking time. Usually when I fall asleep during something, it's cuz I'm actively trying to fall asleep during it. Cuz I can't sleep without a TV. I put comedy specials on that I've seen a 100 times and I fall asleep easily. Not because I don't like the comedy show, but because I've heard, I've seen it so many times, I know I know what jokes are coming and everything else, so it makes it easier for me to sleep. Plus, if I sleep through it, I know I didn't miss anything, so it's not that big of a deal to me. And that's just how I feel. So, just a lot of the, and of course the, uh, like I said before, the, the stalker-ish guy was pretty cool. Like, he had, um, you know, 
a, a Todd tied to an operating bed, and he had to escape and climb through a window. Then they fight the guy in the mountains, and at first, Angela was going to let him live, you know, because she didn't want to kill him. She was above that, and she was going to, and then, of course, you know, the guy starts yelling and saying, and saying he's never going to leave, and, you know, then he brings up the baby or something, and then Angela shoots him and kills him, because then he realizes he's never going to stop. She had to think like a mother and protect her child. So overall, it, it gets pretty crazy. And it does show that, you know, what risks are you willing to take? And basically, it's ironic, you know, because Renee Zellweger, her philosophies are kind of the same as mine. That, you know, relationships can get in the way. And, you know, when you give somebody your trust, you give them the power to destroy you. So be careful of who you let into your circle and all this other stuff. And then talking about how, you know, sacrifice, you know, is how you get success. And, you know, I, I share, so Renee Zellweger's character, I a hundred percent relate to, but I hate the fact that there's not a lot of strong sex scenes. Aside from the three-way gay thing and Sean and Lisa have a couple sex scenes, but they're not as steamy. I mean, maybe one or maybe one was, but the rest of them weren't. But I really kind of wish that Anne and Sean had done it at some point. You know, that one night did result in some kind of sex or something. I feel like, you know, Renee Zellweger should have got a little busy. I mean, the closest thing she did was her and Sean had this one like random almost sex moment. But it was just a bad dream that Lisa was having after everything was revealed to her about Sean's past and everything else. And Sean talking about what happened that night and, um, you know, uh, Anne getting control of Imogen. Just everything going awkward in that. And the fact that, you know, to find out later that she would te- she wanted to teach her daughter a lesson by putting her through all this crap is insane. And the fact that she would actively kill her company after showing her the lesson. Like, okay, I taught you a lesson, but now she wanted to put the final nail in the coffin by getting rid of her company. And, you know, it's kind of funny and ironic because uh, Lisa became a stronger person because of that. So her plan did work, even though it was fucked up from the beginning. And, you know, the fact that Sean, you know, went to jail and served time for the murder he committed, um, he was able to come out a better person, and then her and Lisa reconciling was a pretty good ending. Now, as far as whether or not this gets a season two, I honestly don't know. But I'll, but here, here's the one honest thing I can say. As bored as I was watching this show, if, there come to, if they come out with a season two, a part of me is probably going to watch it because I kind of want to see where this goes. Because there were aspects of the show that were good. Just overall, it was a slow burn. It was a slow push, and... I understand that people like to do slow burns and drag things out to make good, compelling stories, and it works to a degree, but that was just way too much. Way too fucking boring. You know, we, we, yeah, yeah, I get to the point a lot quicker. It's just, it's very hard to follow. Unless you really love, you know, psychological thrillers. If you do, this is definitely one you want to watch. If you don't, I highly recommend not watching it, because it can get boring at times. All right, and that's all, and that'll wrap up my review of What If. I thank you guys for tuning in, and make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get a 
latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel, check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Now, there's going to be a bit of a twist to this particular watch party, and that is I personally will be unable to attend this watch party. And the reason is because on November 25th, I will be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for WrestleCade. That's right. I'll be at WrestleCade with Buff Bagwell. Uh, We'll have a table where we'll be meeting fans and everything. Come get an autograph from Buff. Get a picture with Buff. Come shake my hand. And if you want to come and meet us, we're going to have a hell of a great time. But I'm going to try and get the team, if they can fucking stay organized, to put together a watch party, live stream it, and talk to you guys and still have a great watch party for you guys to check out. Plus, it'll be interesting to see how the party goes if I'm not there. So I'll talk with the team and see what they're able to do. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. And of course, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You have three levels you can donate at. Pick the levels that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cent, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content the peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 10 per month the same amount of money we used to pay for a WB network subscription here in the United States ever since they sold the peacock got nowhere to put that $9.99 so to that $9.99 bring it over here we got better content in the network and unlike Endeavor we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment, we use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when that's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott, his ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu adieu be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose adieu mon vieux à la prochaine goodbye till when we meet again